0: First. to yo hello. yo
1: welcome to yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry i, I <laughs> thought i was doing the intro
0: <laughs> well hello everybody I I was welcome echoing or something you. i was like what's going on here hello everybody uh, it's never happened to be before <laughs> yeah welcome what's going on the- welcome to the ns9 post game show of course i'm your host anthony Denardo, with me we got connor connor we have a pirate's loss to talk about but um i think there's some positives to definitely discuss along with some negatives in this in this show but uh, yeah, Pirates lose today, five to six, to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, once again, Quinn Priester started. Quinn Priester didn't look great, but the Pirates were like still in it and had a lead at one point. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's. I haven't really been impressed with Quinn. I didn't I apologize. Expect...
0: They never had a lead.
1: They just tied it up. It oh, hit me right. when I said that. I was like wait a second yeah yeah it, time. that's that was what the pause went for I was checking mentally to see if did they um yeah. anyways yeah I I wasn't really I mean I was impressed by like he limited the Braves to scoring just four off of him right it, he only yeah, went four that's fair. like for for priester I I think that was impressive against like a historically good offense for him I think he got A little lucky with some timely ground balls here and there um but i i mean i'm not impressed i'm just like if if that's what you can get out of priester against the braves i think you take that you'd you'd preferably you'd want more innings but especially with the situation this team is is in where their bullpen is just really taxed
0: right no I, i feel like that's That's a way of looking at it, and you certainly can. I guess I kind of look at it this way. I mean, yes, like the Braves are obviously an elite offense. So the fact that Quinn Priester, a rookie, gave up just four earned and was enough to keep this team in the game, per se, like you can look at that one way. But I guess I'm kind of looking at it as if he was performing well and this was the game that he looked and had four innings pitched and nine hits and four earned against the Braves, you say, well, you know, it was the Braves. It's fine. But to me, it's just like it's – It's more of the same struggles, more of the same issues. He is lucky that it was for against the Braves. It's kind of take away from this. But I mean, I guess at one sense, the velocity was like a hair higher where he was averaging like 93 today opposed to like 92. If again, you want to take a positive, but I mean, he's just getting hit too often, too hard on his fastball. Yep. He threw the curveball, he threw the slider. They were, they were good, but that fastball, you just can't live.
1: No, you can't. No, it, it's too flat and it's too low velocity to get by in this league. You can't you can't get by on breaking stuff. I mean relievers can do it maybe, but as a starting pitcher, you can't live with a fastball that poor. Correct.
0: But for real, you know, like it's just um I don't want to go down the route of like I'm worried about Quinn Priester, but like this well, I've, Priester, been wor- I've been worried. I've been worried about does. Quinn Priester. Cause I, well, I've, I've looked at that fastball for a while and I'm
1: just, you know, he's that, that can't be the pitch. He's he uses to have long-term success.
0: It can't be. But like at the same time, the struggles is like with the velocity and just like with everyone else, like, where's his velocity go? I, I don't know. Like The one thing is when he started incorporating the two seamer, I got a little more optimistic about him as a prospect, but again, like now he's throwing 92, 93, if he was still in 95, 96, like he probably should be and can be doing. He's probably having a little bit better performance, and I feel a little bit better about him. But anyways. Just, it's uh, just yeah, like yeah, the, the, the same, same old tired song of just like,
1: you know, what are these development people teaching? What are they doing? Because we're seeing regression in a lot of different places with a lot of different players, you know, across. And not just like, oh, he's slightly worse, but just. You know, going from ninety-eight professionally to throwing ninety-two in the majors is significant, right? That's 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 kind of a problem, and it's it's it, it was a problem for for Ro, It was a problem for Luis to a lesser extent. It's it's been a problem, right?
0: No, I agree. And like as Mark says here, against this lineup, how can you complain about Quinn? And it's again like that's what I I don't think he can. I don't think
1: he really can specifically complain about this performance, but it's it's just you know the larger trends, right?
0: Right. So, so again, like today, going against the Braves, giving up four, he kept the team in it, but again, I'm just seeing the same struggles we've been seeing so far all year. Uh, now, granted, you know, we jokingly said before, like the Pirates won three out of his four starts, and he had an eight, whatever era it was at the time, right. Uh, today it's still at 8.75. And right, like the pirates were that close to winning five, I'm sorry, four of his five starts, as Quinn Priester almost has a nine ERA for the season. And it, um, and if you're only getting today,
1: four innings out of him, a start, right? That's basically a bullpen day. And the pirates have and Osvaldo Beto was a bullpen day, essentially. Now I I mean I don't know that they're gonna just roll with just legitimately straight bullpen days I think they're gonna they're gonna bring somebody else there they just wanted an extra bullpen arm for this brave series I feel like um, right so somebody's gonna be here for that next for the time beto's previous spot comes it might be beto again honestly um but we'll it, it it legitimately could I would not be shocked um but you just you can't as a as a staff you can't go like three months of your season just having two bullpen days in your rotation that's just not it's not feasible you know right you're putting too much strain on everything else because th- everything just has to go perfectly for you to win games not to mention the stress it puts on your bullpen which is questionable at best and sure. i think you've seen that you've seen the strain on the bullpen in in recent days especially with bednar especially well, with bednar, bednar. yeah
0: Yep, but granted. And again, you know, this isn't to harp on Quinn Priesthood today. It's just again to talk and discuss that you know you're you're definitely seeing a trend now with his fifth start. Much of the same issues. The curveball wasn't incorporated too much, but I think a little bit more today. It uh, looked pretty good. The slider he threw just as, his slider and uh, I should go. There. Was it the two seam or the yeah, the two seam and the slider he threw the most today. Um, but yeah. Again, Quinn Priester, the velocity being down just kind of worries me. But again, that's what we've been talking about with most of the prospects to come up to this point of this year. Except for Jared Jones, who seemingly keeps just adding. But he's not here yet. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Oscar Marine hasn't gotten a look at him in person yet, right? Right. So know, when that time comes, we'll be talking about his velocity and where it's gone and why he gave up eight runs in his debut. But anyways, after that, Again, not to harp too much on Quinn Priester, but he does go four. gives up four earned. Um, The the offense, I'm not going to say it came alive, but it was adequate today. Uh, What I want to say that definitely came alive and who's been hot since his return is Cabrian Hayes. Cabrian Hayes had three hits today, went three for five with a big home run that bounced off the wall, (laughs) went over. Um, I know I gave my two cents about Cabrian Hayes leading off, but again, he does go three for five today. Every, Big every time, him. every time
1: people complain about the lineup, they, they do good. Like the, the trend in the last week is just Shelton makes the most asinine decision in the world and it just works out magically for no reason against all odds. It it shouldn't be, but it does. Right.
0: And it's especially because I, guess, like, I don't want to go too much down that road, but right. Like the outcome doesn't validate the decision when you have a 284 on base percentage right probably not a leadoff guy <laughs> probably not uh but anyways especially again, not because to go down that I, path. well
1: i want to go down that path okay <laughs> because i don't i don't understand how they could see what getting o'neill cruz more at bats last year yeah he was you know the speed made him more of like a you know stereotypical leadoff guy maybe not the on base skills at the time but just getting him more at bats clearly helped him so i don't understand why if they're just gonna put josh palacios with his sub 270 on base percentage at leadoff the majority of the times that he's starting games it it, why will they not put endy
0: or paguero there to get them more at bats the thing about and i actually brought this up and um, talking about the leadoff role. The thing about Cruz is it made sense for him because his struggles was the off-speed stuff. Putting him in the leadoff, he would see better pitches. You're bringing the better version of O'Neal Cruz out, right? You're putting him in a good situation because he's going to see better pitches. He's going to be a better player. When Jack Swinski was leading off, like that's not Jack's struggles. Jack has a great chase rate. We talk about that. Like he doesn't need to see better pitches to make him perform better. Um, Kind of like with, Cabron Hayes, it's not as if he needs better pitches to see it. So it's not like putting these guys at the leadoff spot also makes them better to that degree. Right. Right. It's just, it's getting them... I I just, I really
1: want to see Andy get more at-bats. I really want to see Piguero get more at-bats. You know, because especially... I would say the argument for Pagaro is even greater to get him as many at bats as possible right now, because headed into next year, you know, O'Neal Cruz is going to be back at some point. That's, you know, he's presumably until he proves that he can't play shortstop, which I don't, which I think, you know, to start this year, he was a lot better. The footwork looked a lot cleaner and assuming, you know, I don't think they really expect any serious long-term ramifications from this injury. It didn't seem like there was a lot of um, ligaments that you would typically associate. He'll be fine, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, this wasn't a Jason Kendall complete dislocation of the ankle. It wasn't. It wasn't that class of injury, thankfully. Um, but as as long as he continues to be adequate there, the only place you can really put any of these prospects coming through the system as second base. So I feel like you have to find out what Pagero is now.
0: There might be be a little more
1: runway with that in 2024, but with the amount of players that they have at middle infield positions, you know, you gotta, you gotta get him reps.
0: You gotta. Right. No, I get that. You know, I definitely want to see him, get more in that sense. And he's been performing and earning it. But I think I'm not going to call it like a situation in that sense, but you also kind of want to see what you have in Alika Williams. You kind of want to see Jared Triolo work the middle infield more, right? His versatility is what's going to earn him a spot on this team. You know, not just being an elite defender, at third, he's going to also have to be a good defender at shortstop because he's going to have to be the backup shortstop. I mean, honestly, we've seen the run, like you talked about, Nobody can play short. It's gonna have to be Triolo, I would imagine. And then or some, you know, time at second. Well, yeah, I guess or Alika, right? We talk about so like Alika's... you want to get them some at bats uh as well as Peggy. But you know, at the same time, we're talking about Andy Rodriguez sat four out of eight games. So, you know, that can Davis, go everywhere in this Davis sat a lot this week. And
1: I know people are upset with Davis right now. I know they are. Just just calm down. Okay, just, I, I see yeah, it in chat. He's, just, he's learning on the fly. He's just, they've put so much on that guy's plate between, you know, they told him at the beginning of the year that he was a catcher. And then they said, oh, well, we want you to play right field some. And then he had a 160 WRC in the minor leagues. And then they're like, well, shit, you know, we got to get you up to the majors because, we need your bat right now and it's you know it's getting to the point where we can't continue to keep you in the minor leagues and your service time is passed um and so they they just threw him at right at the major league level when he only had like a few hundred innings there ever you know and he's still continuing to work on his catching he didn't have game that many did he even, yeah, did he even have that many? And he's still continuing yeah, to it. work on his catching game and doing everything that's associated with that. You know, the pregame stuff, the the strategy meetings. He's He's got a lot on his plate. And I, you know, I I can't remember if I wrote about this or not. But, you know, just from the offset, I, I really thought that he might struggle at first because he just, he tries so much to pull the ball. He might struggle a little bit with right on, right off speed. And we've seen that. We've seen that. He's, he's getting a little too anxious. He's trying to pull the ball a little too much. And he's having trouble with right-on-right-on off-speed. And I, I think as he... Because everything that's been written about this guy says he is... You know, he's got a good head on him. And I just think there's too much talent there to, you know, get worried about him right now. I think I, I'm I'm pretty confident he'll adjust. Oh, this was
0: sure.
1: this was the guy who earned his call up to the major leagues after only 400
0: plate appearances. He'll be fine.
1: He'll yeah. be fine. And I promise you, he'll be fine. Always been the bat.
0: He's demolished it, and like his approach, we've seen everything. Like uh, again, like I'm not with Penn marking him as a, a great hitter for his career, but at this point in time, I'm confident that he will be. Yeah, he'll, he's called. going to be yeah. a major league player in some capacity. Sure. And today, one for four. Had a big walk as well. Um, obviously he made the last out. Three pitches he saw. Uh, I mean, swung at two, saw the last one go by as a strike, which is questionable, but it was right there. You got to swing at that one. But and, uh, I mean, we saw he, yeah, got, anyways, he got
1: badly fooled by two breaking pitches off speed because he's he's just not used to major league pitch sequencing and he, you know, he's trying to pull the ball a little too much and he's having a problem with the off speed. That's fine. That's part of the process, especially for a guy who's had so few professional plate appearances. You know, they they weren't throwing this at him in college, and he's not too far removed from playing at Louisville.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I get that. But, like, something I definitely want to talk about today. Um, You know, as mentioned, like, Brian Hayes had went three for five. The offense came out a little bit. They had ten hits in total, two walks, right? Brian um, – yeah. Andrew McCutcheon also had two hits today. Big hit in the ninth, two outs. He started, like, the rally. I mean, there's a chance for this team to win. Started with Kutch getting on base there, and then Rivas pitch hitting and getting on base as well, before the Davis strikeout that we talked of. But I, again, like I do want to talk a little bit about this series. Um, I know like the Pirates are down one and two, but honestly, this series has been pretty competitive. I got it. I got to interrupt you, Did, Sean. This this isn't
1: his fault. <laughs> it's not his fault. They've asked him to do something that's unreasonable. They're asking the unreasonable of him. You know, they're... I I can't emphasize this enough how sudden it was. He he didn't have any work in right field, barely any, in the outfield. And any position other than catcher before this coming into this season. Did he even have a professional inning outside of the catcher position coming into this year?
0: Well, last year he played outfield. I'm actually looking up right now just to get to how it, much again. I know he hasn't had much, but last year he had seven games. No, I'm sorry.
1: But it does last matter
0: year. I don't
1: think if, if he were to be a catcher, you would also have to consider that he, no, he didn't. That I was, I was pretty confident.
0: Bad. I was pretty confident. I thought, that like I thought in, he, had he had one or two games and yeah, in, he would in, only uh, have like one or two, but anyways, he had, in total this year, he had seven games in double A and six in triple A. So there you have it. Just barely over 100 innings. Um, and, you know, heading into the majors this year. And right, I mean, that's been the issue. Like I said, I'm not going to talk too deep on this for everyone that wants to complain about it too. Right, it's not his fault. He's been bad. He's been given a task not to his do. Fault. He's learning on the fly. Like, if you put any of us at a new job and say, here, do this, we're all going to struggle because we're not trained to do it. And that's what he's doing. He's a catcher who's playing right field, learning how to do it in the major league level. You can't put these issues on him. You can just look at the talent and say, I believe that he could be a, an everyday right fielder. I do. I believe he can. He's athletic enough. We see that arm. He's going to be given the ability and time to learn it. He hasn't been afforded that. So, and again, that is what it is. But I don't want to harp too much on that. Like I said, I do want to get back here because – Yes, the Pirates are one and two so far in this series, but every game, like they've certainly been in it. They've been winning for a large portion of these games also. Um, today they lose, but like it's this, this has been a very competitive series. And again, we are talking about the best team in the NL, essentially. I mean, you can go back and forth if you want it to be. The Braves are stacked. <laughs> so I- I've been impressed, I'll say that, with what's, what's happening so far in this series. I, I mean, I'm
1: i am not going to say impressed, but I am pleasantly surprised. That's how I'll put it.
0: Okay, that's fair.
1: I think Reynolds has been playing better. McCutcheon's been playing a lot better. Um, and the team does well when your two best players <laughs> play better than what they were.
0: Yeah, I mean, for the most part, like Indy's coming alive a little
1: bit andy has been that's um, why you know it, it loops back to like i really want to see him get hit at leadoff when he is playing because i just I, I want him that i want him to get as many at bats as possible davis i feel needs it less um Piguero, you gotta to your to your point you gotta work in alika there you gotta work in um triolo there a little bit but but when Andy's playing You know, if you're gonna play 280 on base guys, there you might as well put Andy.
0: Yeah, and I like his approach. I mean, he he is a leadoff hitter. Hayes isn't, at least to this point, right now. So I wouldn't mind that also. But again, like he is rookie, and also get like putting not putting the pressure on him to a degree. But this lineup is filled with them also. Anyways, any rate, um, yeah, like I have been. Like the pitching hasn't been terrible. Um. Uh, talk about pitching him again. We talk about Q talk a little bit about Perdomo. I know he gave up a run today, but he had four strikeouts at 1.1 innings. He's been impressing me this year. You know, I, I keep looking on like, I, I still want to stay in true. Yeah, I looking, don't know how long I want to stay. Like he's good. Like, I don't know if I want to state He's good. I'm, but I'm, I'm looking for anything
1: that tells me regression is coming. Right. You know, I just keep looking for, let me, I'm not really familiar. What's this like? What's his uh, left on base rate? Do you know off the top of your head? Seventy five percent, I think. Okay, that's there's it's there's not. a it's there's there's room for progression uh, for regression there. I I'd, oh yeah, because that was the thing with him coming up from Indy, where it's just like he's he's not going to be good because his left on base rate is really unreasonable.
0: So it's yeah, it was seventy one point four coming into today. Right now it's sixty nine point eight. So again, like it's not. It's not totally outrageous. But I mean, he's, it, as
1: far as like the actual pitching goes, yeah, he's a good lefty out of the pen. He's the, the results are way down. The walks. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, I didn't even think about that. What was his walk rate in AAA?
0: It was, okay. Yeah. So in AAA this year, even 6.35. 6.
1: Yeah. 6.35. And he's brought that down to, well 3.16
0: after today even oh right yeah yeah so like the walks again like that's to me like perdomo's just naturally and we've talked about this i feel like you know all season he has stuff but like just has no idea where it's going and that's just simply not true right now he actually is pitching very effectively again i don't know how long we'll hold on to that but hey, proof you
1: can improve your control without sacrificing velocity, right?
0: <laughs> I feel the shade there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, getting I mean, a little the cloudy and cats are huh? there, the walks are down. You know, I'm to all the crap we give this bullpen. There's some guys that are kind of feeling their way through, and then you're finding some confidence in. I know we've been talking about Barucky for how long right because now. Because if show, Angel
1: if Angel but... Perdomo and Ryan Barucky were as bad as we expected them to be this would be a disaster. I mean, it kind of is. Right. It kind of is. But it only it only kind of is because they've had, they've gotten some performance um out of some unexpected places. Yeah. And because if Ryan Barucky and Angel Perdomo were were awful, I mean, who would they who would they even turn to? I mean, it would just be waiver claims.
0: Andre Jackson, baby, he's been perfect so far too. Andre, right. and like ja- I said, Andre I Jackson's do... another
1: guy. I'm, I'm really intrigued by him. I am too. Because I don't, I, I don't know what I haven't, I didn't look, I haven't looked at his line with the Dodgers since, since we got him. But I remember the walks being an issue.
0: Yeah. But anyway, yeah, 5.53. Right, right, 5, Perdomo is certainly keeping me intrigued for sure. Um, and then going down the line, so no, walks... Selby, okay, yeah, Selby was... made 5.53 was his triple A walk number. Selby made his uh first career strikeout today. He does go 1.2, two hits, walk, three strikeouts. Um, Selby was interesting. His, his, yeah. his, his first task was having. To pitch to Acuna with a guy on second, <laughs> and then he almost hit him. So
1: Selby's an interesting guy. Um, he had Tommy John back in 20, early 2020, I believe it was. Um, after that, he transitioned to the pen like pretty much full time. Um, and since then, he's put up pretty decent results. Uh, the main problem with him. At least this season is the walks are way up. He has really nasty stuff. Uh, high 90s fastball. Um, uh, good slider. It's just he just does
0: not know where it's going. He's been very inconsistent so far. And he was a guy coming into this year. I mean, you you, you kind of looked at him to be part of this bullpen eventually. right? He probably wasn't going to start out in the majors. He could have. Probably wasn't going to, but, you know, be like that Yeri De Los Santos of last year, but hopefully even better than what Santos was last year. But anyways, you know, the guy comes up and be's, like becomes a staple of your bullpen. Um, He was very ineffective for the most part of this year, and, you know, he struggled. Doesn't get the call right now. And, yeah, I mean, there's certainly some intrigue with him as a bullpen player. Um, But today, again, makes his debut. It was fine. And also, again, going against the Braves, his, the first guy he faces is... Ronald Acuna Jr. So that's that's a tough task. Pretty much the guy who's going to be the MVP and have like a 40-70 season. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty ridiculous. Right. Uh, so there's that. Although, I guess to rewind a little bit where we're talking and stuff about Acuna, uh, Acuna has two strikeouts, i say, and that's Quinn struck him out twice. Quinn Priester struggled, but struck out Acuna twice. So there's that also. Um, of course, so he, yeah, ended up I guess, with, he ended up with three hits, so. <laughs> uh, just going down the list, you know, Majinski does come in. Uh, struggled a bit. An inning, two hits, two walks, the earned run. You know, that's obviously what did it in. Braves get the victory. Not all his fault, but... Um, yeah, that did it in, and then Jose Hernandez comes in and pitches a scoreless inning who also, like, still Jose Hernandez looks looks good. So, like, we're talking about the bullpen, and I am seeing some intriguing parts to this bullpen to this day. Yeah,
1: I just – because these are the guys you – because this was how Neil Huntington did it. He just took guys off the scrap heap like Mark Melanson – and just turn them into good relievers. Like he, the pirates managed to get like sub two ERAs, I think two different times out of Jared Hughes. Like how, how did they do that? The, these are the, these are the kinds of places that you can afford to do that on is that's, it's pretty much the only place you can really do that on that. You can consistently turn scrap heat players into valuable pieces. So it's, somewhat encouraging that they're managing to do that with Barucky and um, um... <laughs> Perdomo per- Perdomo,
0: yeah, Jesus yeah. <laughs> you're good can you Perdomo. tell I'm I'm checked out tonight <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and like I said, you know, Baraki's grown on me, Perdomo, I, I've been intrigued for some time now and I'm waiting for it to implode but it hasn't yet and there's really nothing really showing me so far that it's going to um, but yeah, so again, like the bullpen, for the most part, you know, did its job against the Braves lineup. They did what you could pretty much asked for for the task. Um, and again, like going back to the lineup, there was enough offense certainly to win this game. Just didn't turn out that way um, to talk about it, right? I think the biggest turning point was that pop up. You know, we talked about Jenkins, but that pop up where Triolo got it, made the outs, Harris saw Triolo got it, who was still backing up as he caught the ball and took off for home. And an issue was called out. It's called out because they said he, of course, tagged up too early, went to replay, determined that wasn't the case. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that was kind of controversial because why is Trillo making that play and not Henry Davis, who has the arm? And like I said, if, if Davis even catches it, Harris probably doesn't even go, right? He's probably going back to third, seeing that Davis has the ball and that arm. Um, so that was a crucial play in this game to, uh, to take the L. It was,
1: and I think, I mean, we touched on. We had the, we already had the Henry Davis conversation, so we're not going to no. have that again. But I mean, that's part of the inexperience with him is, you know, he's he's got to call off Triolo there,
0: right? That's just how I looked at it. Like it was, and, and it was not I don't, a good play.
1: I don't blame Triolo at all for it because he never got called off. You know, he he can't see Henry coming in, so he doesn't know where Henry is. Henry's got to call him off.
0: Hmm. Yep. It just it it just goes to inexperience, and it's one of those plays where it's going to frustrate you. Yep. It just kind of is what it is at this point of time. You know, it's like I'm not going to berate anyone for that play. It, yep. it just sucks. Yep. That that's just it is. It, it just sucks. Inexperience is a learning opportunity. You move forward from it. Uh, but that's just that just is what it is at this point of time. That's where we're at. You know, like the, like the young guys are here they're learning it's not as if it was some 10-year vet who's making that play and you're like well this is why that was a dumb signing to begin with you know talent's there the experience is going to come can we talk about jack sawinski we can it's kind of the same old though it, it like it just is what it is but he does go what oh for what was today oh for, for three four. with three strikeouts
1: um, I'm getting really tired. there's just there's nobody else because I, I I don't even see how he fits in long term. like he's I don't think this center field thing is is gonna stick. I don't think this is his career position. I agree it, and it, you know with Reynolds huh. and and with Reynolds and Davis. You know, you can't exactly put him in a corner. You know what? It, what are you going to do with him? I just, I, you, you can't, you can't let. I know some people have, have brought up, well, if you know, if you let him go, well, he's going to succeed somewhere else. Well, you can't let fear of missing out, you know, motivate you to play. Basically, a shitty version of Joey Gallo. You can't, you can't let that because that's what he's been, essentially.
0: Right. Well, I look at it this way: he's talented. He's got like, a lot of there too. He's got a lot there's... of traits that
1: teams look at, right? Where it's just he hits yeah. the ball hard at an insane rate. His barrel numbers are good. He takes a lot of walks. It's just. I think the number one issue for him right now is just his approach is just he does not swing the bat at anything that's not, you know, in his wheelhouse. And even then, I I just I don't
0: I don't know what he's doing. Again, like the way I look at it, because I think Jim brought it up, you know, you bring it up here, too. I'm not opposed to trading him if you get something of value. Because like you mentioned, you have Davis, you have Reynolds. Maybe you find something, you know, in free agency or or, or whatnot. But like, you get something of value if it makes sense. Like, sure. But I, I'm also I know he's very polarizing, right? Like people like really hate him or people really love him. And I'm just in between. Like he is what he is, and he's struggling. And like that's why I talk about it's not that it's not to like just berate him and like how terrible he is and whatever, but just like the type of player that he presents. How do you truly value it? Because at the end of the year, when you look at the county numbers, you look at the war and you say, "Oh, well, he's a three war player and he had this OPS and that's good. But like, but how did it wasn't good for most of the time that he's in your lineup?
1: It's you know, the same thing.
0: You. Where like, if the
1: pirates end up at 72 wins this season, that's, that's improvement, right? That's, that's a 10 game improvement over last year. But it doesn't really feel like they improved that much, does it? At this point, because how they got there was so painful and so riddled with so much incompetency that it just mm-hmm. it didn't feel mm-hmm. like the step forward that warranted a ten win improvement. And that's no, I what it, that. thats how that's how it is with Sewinski, right? Where it's just you look at the final line, and it's been it's been going down hard. Recently, but you look at the line, and it's like, well, all right, eight hits
0: in his last 75 plate appearances, by the way.
1: Yeah, he's what is I think he's sitting like 134 since the end of the all star really break. Bad. It's bad. Um, but you look at the the he still has like 116, uh, 116 WRC plus coming into today on the season, and you look at that and you go, okay, for a center fielder with middling defense, middling to decent defensive metrics, that's fine. But you look at how he got there, and it's, you watch him play in center, and you watch him hit, and he—you just watch him completely disappear for weeks or months at a time, and it's just—it's just agonizing, right? He's just not producing anything on a
0: consistent basis. He's well—that's the problem—is the consistency, and that's why that's why I keep pounding. It's like uh, what what Jack is—I think it's like Litman says. Like he's he's telling us and showing us like how much do you actually value consistency like there needs to be a new analytic it's x consistent or whatever you want to call it you know what i mean like how much do you value consistency because someone who can give you the counting numbers at the end of the year but like jim highlights it just kind of piggyback like what jim was saying like of those four games he had multi home runs in you know which is four percent of the season i guess apparently or something like that um outside that he's been awful so do we need to really start valuing consistency more than what we do, you know? And I think that's part of it. I mean, if you have a guy every day in your lineup and every single day outside of two or three games in that month, he hurts your team, you know, but that those two or three games, he wins. like He absolutely wins the game for you. Right. Because he has eight home runs. Like he goes off and has a McAdoo game last night, he goes six for six and has two home runs and eight RBIs. Like that's great. Right. <laughs> he single-handedly wins that game. But then for the next 27 days, He's a black corner lineup. So, how do you value that? When over the, the 28 day period, you look and say, well, he still actually was an okay player. So, we're 36 minutes in. You know, we've talked about Jack, you know, through and through this year. But I, I, at any rate, he, he has talent. You have to make a decision of if you want to trade him, you have something of value, or you got to start developing these guys. And again, that's like one of my biggest cripes this year, too, is like who internally that's part of your future has truly developed this year and progressed. There's certainly been a lot of regression. I feel Jack has progressed, but the same struggles he had last year, he still has. He just walks more now is <laughs> basically like where you're coming down to.
1: The the other problem is it's just like they they don't have a center fielder anywhere close to the majors,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I know people say Swags, but he was he wasn't it either. It
0: certainly won't be now.
1: No, you know, he'll, even health issues aside, you know, he was he was not performing even when he was healthy,
0: right? But at any rate. Again, Pirates do go down today, but all three games certainly, all three games have been competitive. That's something to hang your hat on to with a young team, inexperienced team. They're half good the losses, season.
1: right? You know, no losses good, and you know what they've had recently have been, you know, those are pretty excruciating losses. But I would, I would categorize those as good losses. Yeah,
0: right we're frustrated in certain things like maybe decisions, but on the actual games and performances themselves right now, like I'm not really that frustrated. What I've seen these past three days have been again, maybe like you said, maybe impressive isn't the exact word, but pleasantly surprised Like they, they've been playing mostly good baseball. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's Atlanta Braves, but Hey, there's still a game tomorrow. Um, Chance to support the series. Yeah, essentially split it. Right. And like, I wouldn't be shocked again, the way they have been play- playing so far. It's not like it would be shocking. Now it is going to be Elder versus Falter. Falter will make his second start for the Pirates this year. The first one was good enough for He's starting victory. starting the Braves? Elder. Okay. Who's been having a good season, but recently has struggled. Uh, but again, it, it is Falter also who... We've talked in length about the trade deadline and his his opportunities, but at any rate, like we said, his last game out uh, for the Pirates, he did enough. Like he pitched effectively enough to give the Pirates a victory. Uh, If he can just do that tomorrow, and the offense comes alive again, I mean, the Pirates can have a chance to win. And if they can tie this series against the Braves, like that, that's an absolute win. Yep. All right. So, with that said, Connor. Anything else before we get out of here? Shelton sucks. <laughs> no. Where's Neil? We're going to mute that. He can't hear that. <laughs> on that note, then let's definitely get out of here. Appreciate everyone for watching. Tune in tomorrow. Cody and Neil will be on it. Oh, that's gonna get spicy. Oh, Shelton I'm not something. gonna be around to see it. I'm gonna be
1: I'm gonna be traveling.
0: Yeah, so that might be the show to watch. Cody versus Neil. There'll be some Shelton discourse. Anyways, we're out of here. Appreciate you all for watching. Bye-bye. Peace.
1: Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.